great inspired leaders, they inspire change. They motivate me. They inspire me to want to reach and realize that vision. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Welcome back to the Inspiring Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Lepofsky, and thank you very much for joining us today. I am absolutely thrilled about this show because we get to hear from somebody who's a good old friend of mine, somebody with a lot of knowledge. Now, I think it was Bob Dylan that once said, no matter who you are, you're going to have to serve someone. You can be a frontline worker, a middle manager, or a CEO but you're going to have to serve someone. And for most leaders, that means staying in tune with the needs, the wants, and the expectations of their customers. That is absolutely vital. And with this in mind, I asked my good friend to join us today to share with us some of her insights into this great area of her expertise. Janet LeBlanc is a recognized authority in the field of customer experience management, and I'm excited that she's agreed to enlighten us all today. Janet LeBlanc, welcome to Inspiring Leaders. (laughs) Thank you, Terry. I have to say that's the first time I've ever heard Bob Dylan referenced in terms of customer experience, but that quote that you started with was awesome. It nailed it for sure. Thanks, Thanks, Janet. Listen, before we jump into things, I love asking this question to all of our guests. I'm interested in your answer. What leader has inspired you and why? Well, of course, I always look for customer-centric leaders. And I have to say that there are two leaders that I watch religiously in terms of what they're doing and the practices that they're implementing. The first is uh, Tony Shea. He's the founder and CEO of Zappos. It's the famously very successful. The shoe guys. It's the online shoe and clothing company. He really transformed how we think about corporate culture and how we serve customers. Even when he started that business, selling shoes online was just not done. And he continues to fascinate everyone in terms of his leadership practices. And even though they're really innovative, you know, in today's market, when you really examine them, they're very foundational. And they speak to the foundational principles of how to drive a very customer-centric organization. He believes strongly, and the organization believes strongly, in that culture fit right? He hires for culture and he tracks to make sure that those that he attracts to Zappos really understand that their role is to serve the customer. And that's what they want to do. And that's an organization that they want to be part of. When he started the company, most companies were really tracking and measuring the average talk time that they had with customers on the phone. And he did the opposite. He told employees to spend as much time as possible as much time as the customers needed, really, you know, to be happy with their purchase. He's one to watch for sure. Wow, what a great person to look to for inspiration. Mm -hmm. So a great example. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And the other, I have one more. Oh, yeah. Other is Jeff Bezos of Amazon, CEO of Amazon. Love Amazon. When you're talking about or comparing Apple, product-focused company, they really look to how they can design their products to meet the needs and expectations of customers. But when you think of Amazon, a 
big supply chain inventory management organization, it's not very often that customer experience would really rise to the surface. But he, Jeff, has identified as his vision to build the most customer-centric company in the world. And that really speaks to it, right? Bang, right up front. He states what he wants to achieve. Again, watching his practices in terms of how to drive that culture and drive that understanding that everyone in the organization must understand what they need to do differently in order to improve the customer experience. Um, He really is an inspiration to all us customer experience practitioners. For example, every two years, every employee in Amazon from the CEO right down to the person on the inventory floor, they must spend two days working in the call center to get closer to the customer. And so that's a real investment in time and energy. It really shows that, hey, we are there to really understand what customers are experiencing, and we want everyone in the organization to uh, play a role in that. We love the example of Amazon. I'm a big Amazon fan. I used to manage a, a call center a few years back. One of the first things that I did in leading this call center is I told people, that we're not worrying about how much time they're on the phone anymore. I wanted them to get to know their customer. How about that, eh? Perfect. There you go. (laughs) And I didn't even know about your story. I didn't even know that about Amazon. So maybe I was actually not crazy and I was on to something way back when. (laughs) You were ahead of your time. Janet, we're here to talk about you. And I know that you've developed so much expertise in this topic, which is really fundamentally important to every organization. Yet a lot of leaders can still become even better in this realm. And I also know that your services and expertise are in huge demand. You've been working with Fortune 100 companies, public institutions, private companies all around the world. And I know that because I know you've been on a couple of big trips lately that I'm jealous of. But you're helping people refine their approach to managing the experience of their customers. And I love this topic. So let's jump into this. What are customer-centric leaders? What does that look like? Why is this so important? And how can we all become even better at this? Well, I have the good fortune of being so passionate about helping senior leaders to really understand and answer those questions that you've just provided really understand what it means to be a customer-centric leader and to drive that customer-centric culture. All of the senior leaders that I talk to, they all know they want it. They know they need to be, you know, customer-centric and focus on the customer. But typically, they may not have an understanding of the behaviors or practices that they need to have in order to really drive that, that culture towards the customer. And so when we start working with organizations to help them, we first look at what kind of culture do you have? Is it a sales culture? Is it a cost-cutting culture? Is it a culture of blame or bureaucracy? Every organization has one. And so it really is the job of the senior leader to say, if you want a customer-centric culture and you want to be a customer-centric leader, all parts of the organization, not just the front line, not just the call center, not just the sales reps, et cetera, or people who are managing the website, but every person in the organization must understand their role in improving the customer experience 
and, you know, what they need to do differently in order to make improvements. That really speaks to that end-to-end experience. Because when we talk about customer experience, it's not just fulfilling a product or making a sale. It is everything from every moment or interaction that you have with that organization. And I just personally believe very strongly that if an organization focuses their attention on improving the customer experience, employees will be happier, shareholders will be happier, and customers will be happier. And that will drive business and financial performance overall. So I was lucky to fall into this career about 20 years ago. My marketing background and my background in working with the Coaching Association of Canada and helping large corporation re-engineer their sales and service functions. With that experience, I realized that although people and leaders want to drive that customer-centric culture, they really didn't have a clear understanding of what that means in practical terms. When I communicate to the companies that I work with about what you as a leader need to do differently to show that you're focused on the customer, it means spending more time interacting directly with customers so you personally can really understand how your product or service works. Going back to that Amazon example where Jeff Bezos asks everyone, including himself, to spend two days in the call center every two years. That is his way of getting people to interact directly with the customer. And then you walk away with your own personal stories and your own personal examples and understanding of the impact and the the weak points in the chain that your customer experience is having for the customers that you're trying to serve. So that's a really big component. We often as leaders end up in our ivory tower up on the top floor. And then as we move up the ranks, we spend less and less and less time interacting directly with customers. So that's number one and the one of the fastest ways to really get closer to the customer. So that secondly, when you have had a chance to really interact with your customers on a frequent basis, you become the voice of the customer. It is your responsibility to channel the voice of the customer, to be their advocate, to understand what they're experiencing, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the customer experience that you're providing. And so as all great leaders are great storytellers, because you've had this opportunity to interact directly with customers, then you have many stories to tell and you can look at the business from many different ways and really get a sense of what are the priorities from the customer's perspective. So as we look at every organization does their corporate planning on an annual basis and every department brings forward their priorities in terms of what needs to be changed, it is that interaction that you've had as a senior leader that really helps to understand to pull those customer experience opportunities forward to say, this is what our customers want. This is what we need to do to improve the experience. 
overall. I'm thinking of so many examples where frontline staff keep repeating amongst themselves, the people upstairs just don't get it. They don't understand what the customer is seeing or the frustrations that the customer is having. And the problem is that a lot of them are too afraid to bring that forward. Mm -hmm. They'll be quiet and just hope that somebody in the company fixes that. I think a lot of these senior leaders just get removed a little bit and there's a reluctance on the part of many people to share with them very candidly what the situation is. You're exactly right. And so senior leaders tend to look at market research reports, but they don't get the same sense of emotion, the impact that the experience or problems within the experience would have. And just as a reminder for everyone, you know, I always start all of my presentations with a definition of customer experience. Mm -hmm. It is what customers think happened as well as how they feel about what happened. You know, I'll never forget, I was walking in to meet one of my clients and she was a senior executive for a large department and she was hanging up the phone and she looked at me and she told me that she'd lost her wedding rings at the gymnasium. She was just speaking with her insurance company. And she said, Janet, I've paid premiums for 20 years. I've never made a claim and they're making me feel like a criminal. Those feelings will stay with her for years to come. And if you did follow-up surveys with her and said, you know, were the agents knowledgeable? Were they responsive? Did they give you the right answers to your questions? She would have said, yes, yes, yes. But you know, without capturing that understanding of the emotional component and really having empathy for the experience that that individual went through, you don't really capture the essence of customer experience. And that's why that leadership immersion is so important. Get close to the customer, understand what they're experiencing, look for opportunities as well, And then you can really, again, be a much more effective voice of the customer. One of my experiences was I used to work for this large corporation and I would present to this boardroom of 20 executives. And there was one executive in the room who never brought a single piece of paper with him. He was working in operations and had worked within the company for many years. He would just sit there to talk about the experiences that people had. And I was, this was, you know, 20 years ago, and I would scratch my head and think, you know, he's not bringing any facts forward. He doesn't have any data. He's just sharing incidents or examples. But the rest of the VP team was fascinated. They were captivated by it because they weren't sharing in the same experiences. And so he was their conduit. He was their entryway into what customers are really experiencing. Their point of reference. Exactly. That's exactly right. The other area that it's really important for customer-centric leaders is to communicate a shared vision of the ideal experience. So you, as the leader, have to understand what does that ideal experience look like Have we actually designed it? Do we know where we're going? Do we know how we want our brand represented at every interaction? Because ultimately, you're trying to deliver a branded customer experience, one that differentiates you from your competitors. So as a senior leader, it's your role to create that brand vision, to understand the values that are inherent within your brand, and then look for opportunities within the end-to-end customer experience 
to either subtly or overtly pepper in those brand proof points so that as customers are going through the experience, they are feeling and experiencing what your brand represents overall. It is that communicating, that shared vision of the ideal, and making sure everyone around the boardroom table has the same shared vision of the ideal and can go out and communicate it equally to all of their different functions, departments within their organization. As part of the challenge, of course, is that It's easier for our sales or service or retail reps to really know that they need to be focused on the customer. But when you start working with HR and finance and those different roles, then it becomes a challenge. And it's the responsibility of the leaders within their functions to say, this is the ideal experience that we're striving for. And this is your role in terms of delivering that overall. Brilliant. I love your examples too. They really bring it right to light. This is something that can get lost in the spreadsheets. This is something that is too easy to lose sight on. So your suggestions of getting close to things, getting out there and wiping the tables down or getting in there with the clients and serving them or or getting on the phones in that call center And then the other part of really sharing the high-level perspective, the vision of what the best customer experience would look like. I think those are brilliant. You've just helped a lot of us. We've got one of the foremost leaders here in customer experience. I think that it's really a benefit for every one of us. At some point in that chain of what it is that we do, there's somebody whose experience needs to be considered and factored in. So, Janet, if you don't mind, can I throw a couple of questions at you here? Absolutely. Okay, my first question is this. What are some of the big challenges that you see facing many of today's leaders? Well, certainly one of the biggest challenge is too many priorities. So it is trying to, certainly from a customer-centric perspective, how do we fit this topic in to all of the other priorities that a company has? If you don't really believe that this is a way of doing business, then it it feels like an add-on to the priorities that you already have. It's like when I want to go on a diet and lose weight, I always think, well, it's going to take me so much time to actually go on a diet. I don't have time right now. But in reality, if I just made it part of my way of life becomes who I am, then it's much easier. And so there's that challenge for some organizations where they think they don't have the time to actually identify this as a key priority. Great way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. Now, here's my second question for you. What does inspired leadership mean to you? Well, when I think of great leaders, I always think of those who have created a vision, created a vision that I can personally buy into. And so I see the picture in terms of the future, where I want to aspire to be. And it's the same with customer-centric leaders. There needs to be that shared vision of the ideal experience. Great inspired leaders, they inspire change. They motivate me. They inspire me to want to reach and realize that vision. And they build alignment with all of the other leaders, all of the people within an organization to say, your role is this, and we need you because you need to be involved. Even though you work in this department or that department, everyone must play a role in terms of driving that customer-centric organization. And then, of course, it's pulling all the pieces together to really operationalize that vision. That's what inspired leadership is. To me, it always starts with that vision. 
Where are we going? What's the ideal we're trying to achieve? How do we ensure that employees understand their role, what they need to do differently? Then let's roll up our sleeves and let's get it done. Another awesome answer. I don't want to go without mentioning you have an ebook, The Five Pillars of Customer centricity. Correct. I am going to put a link to that ebook in our show notes. So anybody listening, if you scroll down, you'll see the notes. All of the links will be there. I'll put your website on there, JanetLeBlancAssociates.com. LinkedIn, your website, your ebook. Is there anything else that we can point to there? Well, there's lots of resources, articles there that talks about customer centricity, how to use innovation in the customer experience, the importance of empathy, problem management. So there's lots of resources there. So I appreciate you providing those links. Thank you, Terry. And thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. Thanks again for being part of our quest to make inspired leadership ubiquitous. Wherever you are, we hope that we've helped to inspire you and that you'll pay it forward by inspiring others. Until next time, take care, everyone. Thank you.